So we are in this series where we're asking this question of what if, trying to challenge us to think about what if as a positive phrase. Typically, we think of what if as if what if something negative happens uh, and we move into an attitude of fear. And so what I want to encourage you to begin to think about is what if as a way of possibilities. What if we became a praying congregation where we really truly did pray and believe that God wants to do what, what God is going to do? What if we became a place where everybody sought God first above anything and everything? What would that look like? Now, I want to start this morning by encouraging you to, to, to do something a little different, which is, this is, this is brave on my part, which is I'm going to ask you a question and I want y'all to give me answers, but we want to try to keep it succinct so that we're not here for like two and hours. Okay. So, which is tell me something, you know, Chad asked this question. And when, as I came through, uh, somebody said that they praised God, what they were thankful for was, uh, this body of believers. Okay. So how would you answer that question? What are you thankful for about this body of believers? Now, this is where you do what now? Okay, so we're a friendly congregation. Sure, you're thankful for that. What else? Okay, one at a time, people. Caring. We help other people. How do we help other people? So, have some outreach and community. What else? A sense of family that we're thankful for. What else? The love that we share. Okay, what else? Um, thank you for me. <laughs> what else? God. God is here. God's present. Small groups that we learn more about God. Okay, so that we're able to learn together. Our community outreach through backpack buddies and football team. Okay, so community outreach that we do. What else do you think? Do you thank God for about this body of believers? Okay, so song and all that. It's where you feel home. Excellent. The, do what now? Say that. The freedom to come here. The diversity. Okay, so all of those are great. So here's what I want you. But here's also what we believe: is we believe that while all of that is great, and it is, but God wants to do more. Right. I mean, if you haven't ever thought about that, we believe that the future of Stockbridge United Methodist Church, the church at large, that the future is better than the past. That God has a, has a, has a vision for the church that is bigger and better than we have ever seen. So while all of that is good and we need to praise that, and absolutely we do, we need to also realize that God has even more in store for you and for me. And so we begin to think about what if, what, 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 what does that look like? Now, it can be fun to think about the future and it can also be scary. Let's acknowledge that. It can be scary because it sometimes is different and unknown. It can be fun because you kind of open yourself up to possibilities. There are kind of two groups of people. There's futurists 
Futurists are people who kind of see what the future looks like, and so they kind of lay that out. And so you have people who write uh, futuristic novels, right? So you have things that people write in books 40 or 50 years ago. How many of you, I grew up in the generation Back to the Future. How many of y'all remember that movie? Almost everything in that movie has come true. Uh, So all of those things that were taking place uh, when you see people on hoverboards and things like that, you know, it's like it's all real. Uh, And so you stop and think about, so futurists kind of see something and and, and think. Visionaries are people who are creative and understand something of the future. However, they also lay out a way to do it, to get it accomplished. And those are are, are visionaries. They're different than than futurists. So visionaries, you stop and think about uh, the inventor of the assembly line. They, they, they saw a problem and they were able to come up with something to be able to do that. You have Bill Gates and all the people who, who thought about computers and they could see the computers long before we had computers. They could see a different way. Amazon, a visionary type company because they could see a different way of shopping than what we see or what we had seen before. So you have all of these different people who, and, and as great as they all are in their own right, in their own way, Our vision of what God wants to do in this place is even greater than that. Because it's about the kingdom of God being a reality in this place. It's about doing what we are able to do in order to bring the kingdom of God here. More heaven on earth, right? That's what we pray for. And I don't know about you, but that should be exciting when you stop and think about that we have the opportunity in this place to, to live into the vision that Jesus gave when he created the church, where black and white are able to sit together and worship, where all, trunk, all tongues, all tribes, all nations are, are welcome. Where we do create a welcoming place for anybody and everybody. That should excite us. And once you see it, you don't want to go back. Once you, that's true for me. Once I have been able to see what, what, what's possible, I don't want to go back to the way that it used to be. It's living into the reality of what God desires for us. So then we have to stop and say, so how do we do it? If you've got your Bibles, open up to the book of Isaiah in the Old Testament. Isaiah uh, chapter 54, and we'll get to it in a second, but let me just kind of set up for us what's taking place here. The people of Israel are in captivity and they're suffering. They're, they're down on themselves. They're, they're hurting And in the previous chapter, they had just talked about the suffering servant. Now, we know the suffering servant as Jesus. They were looking for the Messiah that was going to come. And so they were looking for this Messiah that would come and that would give them a new future, a new possibility. God was going to do something in them that was brand new. And then we come to Isaiah 54. We read these words starting in verse 1. Sing, barren woman who has borne no child. Break forth into singing and cry out, you who were never in labor. 
For the children of the wife who has been deserted will be more numerous than the children of the married, says the Lord. Enlarge the side of your tent and stretch out the drapes of your dwellings. Don't hold back. Lengthen your tent ropes and strengthen your stakes. To the right and to the left you will burst out, and your children will possess the nation's land and settle their desolate cities. Don't fear, because you won't be ashamed. Don't be dismayed, because you won't be disgraced. Here in these first four verses, God is asking the Israelites to prepare for something that hasn't happened yet. And here's the basic principle that is true in all of our lives. And this is true for every single one of us who's here today. God can do something extraordinary through us. Individually, God can do something extraordinary through us. God can collectively do something extraordinary through us. But first, God has to do something extraordinary in us. He has to do something extraordinary in us in order to be able to do something extraordinary through us. And so what we have to do is we have to enlarge our capacity, our faith capacity, not more pews and more space. It is we have to enlarge our faith capacity. Listen again to verse one. Seeing a barren woman who has borne no child, break forth into singing and cry out, you who were never in labor. For the children of the wife who has been deserted will be more numerous than the children of the married, says the Lord. Enlarge the size of your tent and stretch out the drapes of your dwellings. Don't hold back. Lengthen your tent ropes and strengthen your stakes. Enlarge your tent. Enlarge your tent, not just for one child. Enlarge your tent for more children than you can even count. And this is in a discussion to a barren woman. Can you imagine how crazy that sounded then and how crazy that sounds today? But folks, throughout Scripture, when you look at Scripture, God is constantly doing that. God is constantly calling someone to something that seems crazy, showing them a picture of a future that they had not yet realized. Noah, go and build an ark. Pat and Terry, y'all just went up and saw the, the ark that's up in, in Kentucky, right? And they talked about how huge this was. They came back and talked about how many people had to, these teams of people that were building this ark for, for so many years. And God gives the task to Noah to build an ark. Everybody had to think he was absolutely crazy. Abraham, move, take everything you have, take everybody that's a part of your family and go to somewhere that I'm going to show you one day. How would you like that call from God? Just go to a place that one day I'll let you know where it's at. Gideon, go and defeat an army with 300 people. You're going to defeat an entire army of thousands of people, but I'm only going to give you 300 to go and do that. Moses, go and lead the people out of Israel that had been in Israel, been in captivity for 400 years. God gives them a picture of something. God is constantly asking people in Scripture to see something that hasn't happened yet and then to believe that it can be done. The difference between what God is calling us to do and some of those great visionaries that came up with some incredible things to do is that God is calling us to do something that doesn't depend on any of our abilities or skills. All that God is calling us to do is dependent upon God. 
and our faith to believe it. To believe in his ability to bring it about. We have to expand our faith capacity. Everything that we do in the kingdom of God is simply a response to God's initiative. God always wants to do this new thing in you, in me, and in us as a church. The question is just, do you even believe it? Do you believe that God wants to do something in you and through you? In Isaiah, if you go back to the 43rd chapter, you get where God talks about all these things that have happened to the people of Israel and what God has done. And then listen to what it says in 43 verse 18. Don't remember the prior things. After he just told them all these wonderful things, don't remember the prior things. Don't ponder ancient history. Look, I'm doing a new thing. Now it sprouts up. Don't you recognize it? I'm making a way in the desert, pass in the wilderness. Our ability to receive and perceive it determines whether God is able to do it through us. Don't you recognize it? Don't you recognize what God wants to do in you and through? Now, now don't get me wrong. This is extremely important. God will accomplish his mission. God's vision of the church will come to reality. It's just whether you want to be a part of it or not. God will use people to accomplish his mission. What God wants to do in this community, God will do. It's just whether we want to be a part of it or not. When you think about what God wants to do in this community, God will accomplish it and use people regardless of skills and capabilities. But if we allow ourselves to begin to believe this, we've done enough. We've served enough. It's time for somebody else. If we can begin to believe that, we miss out on participating of God's vision for the church. God's not done with us or this place. And I don't know about you, but I don't want to miss that. I don't want to miss living into what God's vision for the church is. And I, I won't miss it. I want to live into what God desires for this place. So we have to enlarge our faith capacity. We have to enlarge our ability to trust in him. And this is huge. We got to challenge ourselves. Do we have the capacity to grow and learn? Do we have the capacity to be something different? Many years ago, many of you, if you've been around the church, you probably remember this little book, The Prayer of Jabez. Y'all remember that? And there was this prayer where this guy's in First Chronicles and, and Jabez prays this bold prayer and he says, prays for his to enlarge my territory. And we kind of got so focused as a church. Everybody was reading this. Everybody wanted to do this prayer. We got so focused as this church about how we could pray that. But we, we kind of lost sight of God's response to Jabez's prayer. Because he prayed for this bold vision. He prayed for God to, to enlarge his territory. And we forget that God's response to him was, God granted his request. He prayed this bold prayer because he believed in a big God with a huge God-sized vision. My prayer for all of us is that we do become a praying congregation, that we become a place where we enlarge our tent, where we allow God to, 
to change people. We believe that he possibly can and will, and he'll use us to do it. More heaven on earth. I remember my first appointment. I was a student pastor at a church in Rutledge. Rutledge, Georgia is over near Madison. And the first, may have been the first, it could have been the second, but the first or second funeral that I did, they had a small, it was a small congregation, small uh, sanctuary, and then we had a little small fellowship hall downstairs. And so we had the funeral, then we went to the graveside and we came back. And I can remember I was standing at like the window that passes through the kitchen to the fellowship hall. And this gentleman walks up to me and he says, if I were to give a check in this person's honor, tell me what some needs of the church are. And I was being very respectful. I said, well, that's a good question. Let me think about that. And he said, young man, which I really liked. He said, young man, the next time somebody asks you that question, you need to have an answer. He took his checkbook and he walked away. Now, what was he trying to teach me in that moment? I think that part of what he was trying to teach me was be prepared. If you believe that God wants to do blessings then we need to believe that God wants to do blessings and that we need to prepare for what those blessings might be. What, what he was saying for us was to be prepared. So the question then becomes, are we, are you? Are you prepared for God's blessing? Now, the truth is we can kind of get behind that concept. You might say, okay, this is good. I'm, I see where we're going. But you see, our response to enlarging faith capacity is to stretch our commitment. That's the part that's hard. Stretch our commitment. Listen to what God says when he asks them to enlarge their tent. In verse 2, it says, enlarge the site of your tent. Stretch out the drapes of your dwellings. Don't hold back. Lengthen your tent ropes and strengthen your stakes. He's asking them to stretch. He's asking them to adjust. He's asking them to do things differently than what previously, if you go back and look in Isaiah, previously what it had said about the tent, which was the stakes are supposed to be immovable. He's saying, stretch, do something new, do something different. The truth is, our faith doesn't really grow until we act on it. That's what James, that's why, that's why in James he talks about that when you face trials, when you face tribulations, you can count it as pure joy. Because what's happening in that moment is God can use that to grow you in faith, which is what God desires for you and for me. And notice that when he says in this passage, he says, don't hold back. That is to all people, not just a few. It's don't hold back. God's desire and plan for the church is that all of us don't hold back our time. All of us don't hold back our energy. All of us don't hold back our money. It's not just one or it's not just a select few. It is all of us is God's vision for the church. And you may not like that, 
but it's just truth. It's the way that God has created the church to be. We often operate, I hear people say all the time, and in other nonprofits, they work things that say it's an 80-20 principle, that 20% of the people do 80% of the work. That should not be our goal in the church of Jesus Christ. If that's our goal, that 20% of the people do 80% of the work, we're missing the principle of what God, God says, don't hold back. All of you, don't hold back. All of us should be looking at how can we stretch our commitment. Yes, in, in giving, it's the principle of tithing. That means that all of us should be giving at the bare minimum 10% of everything God gives us. That's not just one. It's not just two. It's all of us, it says. The scripture says, whoever sows generously reaps generously. And whoever sows sparingly reaps sparingly. It's a principle of life. It's not just about giving. The bottom line is you can't have a bigger harvest if you don't buy a bigger field and plant more seed. Right? I mean, that's just truth. So let me ask you a question, and this should hopefully hit all of us smack in the face. Why would God continue to bless us as individuals? Why would God continue to bless us collectively as a church if we don't prepare for God to bless us? If we don't stretch, if we don't give, if we don't do the work, why? If we truly, if we truly want people to know Jesus Christ, if we truly want people who sit in this morning who care nothing about Jesus Christ, if we want them to really truly understand what a loving place this is and what a caring place this is and what a friendly place this is and what a, a, an outreach that we have into the community, if we truly want people to know that, we have to be willing. We don't like it, but we have to be willing to sacrifice and commit. Wow, no amen on that. <laughs> amen. We have to be willing to sacrifice and commit. Listen to what it says in John 12. I assure you that unless a grain, of seed, a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it can only be a single seed. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. The, the, the New Living Translation reads that. It says it becomes a plentiful harvest of new lives. Isn't that what we're after? Here's the truth. The, the, the more we grow in our relationship with Christ... I thought about a, a, a vertical ladder, which is probably a terrible, terrible metaphor, but, but it works in this situation. The higher we climb, the, the more we grow in our relationship with Christ, the more we are called to sacrifice and commit. It's just the way it works. The, the, as we grow closer to God, we're called to sacrifice more, more of our energy, more of our time, more of our resources. Let me just say this to you. You cannot follow Jesus and not die to the things of this world. You can try. You can try to go live for your own. But the truth is you're never going to enjoy the life and joy that God desires for you. And ultimately you're going to realize that that was a mistake. You cannot follow Jesus and not die to the things of this world. It is just truth. Stretch your commitment. 
Stretch your commitment for the things for the sake of other people. Die to the things of this world. Let me tell you, you are, you are sitting here today because somebody stretched their commitment. This church has been around for 190 years. You're here because somebody committed and stretched and created a place for you. They worked, they planted trees, they, uh, they gave, they, they, they worked around, all of that to create a place so that you could come and, and, and know and be in a relationship with Christ and to be in those small groups and to be able to learn and to be able to, to hear the wonderful message. All of those things because somebody stretched their commitment. Who's going to be here in five years, 10 years because of how you stretch your commitment? And then even more of a troubling question is who's not going to be here because I choose not to stretch my commitment? Go back and listen to Isaiah. Listen to what it says in verse uh, 3 and 4. It says, To the right and to the left you will burst out, and your children will possess the nation's land and settle their desolate cities. Don't fear, because you won't be ashamed. Don't be dismayed, because you won't be disgraced. What God does in this is so interesting to me that as soon as he tells them to enlarge your tent and then he goes in to say, here's what's going to happen when you do. And then immediately he follows with, don't be, don't be fearful because he knows that that's our natural reaction. What do you mean I got to stretch my commitment? That, that, I, I don't know about that. Don't be fearful, he says. It's the natural tendency that we have and we have to push through that natural tendency greater trust in God. That's what I love about this series. When you think about what if, don't make what if negative, make what if, what if, what if we actually lived into God's vision for this church? What if we actually increased our influence? What the scripture says is that we'll burst out to the right and to the left. When you drive out of the parking lot this morning, what I want you to think about is God desires for us to burst out to the right and to the left. Think about the subdivisions. Think about what it would look like if we actually claimed those for Jesus Christ. And we said, we're going to do what we can do to be influential into those subdivisions, just to the right and to the left. Drive down, flipping, and just see the homes. Look in these subdivisions. Think about what it, that's what God's promise is. If you, if you will enlarge your tent, if you will enlarge your faith capacity, that I will burst you out to the right and to the left. So just ask yourself this question. Can you imagine what God might do if we enlarged our capacity of faith? Can you imagine what God might do if we actually believed that God would do what he says he will do? Can you imagine what this place would look like if we truly did stretch our commitment, both finances, but also in time and in energy? Can you imagine what God might be able to do? And then our response 
is to stretch our commitment. Let us pray. Most gracious God, we, we give you praise and we give you thanks for this place. We also, God, give you praise for your vision of the church and the future that you already see and know. God, I pray for each and every person that is here. I pray that we cannot be fearful of what you are doing, but that we become excited about being a part of it. Help us, God, to not be fearful of stretching ourselves or adjusting Help us to recognize that by doing that, we live further into what you desire for us. God, help us to be able to to be prepared for your blessings by responding with commitment. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.